0: Welcome to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. My name is Jasper, and I'm joined by Foz uh, Matt. How are you going uh, this week? How, how did your side go over the weekend?
1: I'm good, mate. My side was a bit, a uh, bit down to the dumps this week. Unfortunately, I, oh no, uh, yeah, dropped out of the top thousand ranking. I, I had a, had an average week, unfortunately, uh, but still hanging on to 1,200. So on the not, top one percent.
0: Yeah, can't be unhappy. Um, and I think over the buy period is going to be where teams like yours that really set yourself up to succeed during that period is going to reap the benefits with your overall ranking, because there are a few in the top thousand still focused on overall rank right now, week to week. Um, and you still got to be playing a long game in this season long uh, super coach. So you got to keep uh, those buyers in, in kind of in the back of your mind, especially considering now we, we don't have too many trades until we do hit round 12. Foz.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's really coming at us quickly, and it, if you're not planning for the buys yet, yeah, you're making a mess of your team. And um, it's definitely a stage where you want to be prioritising those around 14 buy teams and and the players in those teams, because then, um, you know, you can get a couple of games out of them before they're going to miss a week, and then you can obviously trade in, blokes who have already have their, their buys, at that stage. So yeah, definitely plenty of planning going into the next couple of weeks. Well, firstly, I want to I want to talk about some of the cash cows. We're still
0: trying to generate some cash on our bench um, as we as we go along with our upgrading right now, and there are so many cash cows available um, at this stage. Firstly, Morris Rioli Foz his first, like his two games this year has been unbelievable. One twenty three k is a forward, a negative ninety two break even. I think he's the standout
1: forward option if you're downgrading in that area. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, the one concern would be just having that round 12 by um it's not ideal uh but if you're bringing in a forward or if you're looking to downgrade at a forward position he's definitely the one uh dimmer hardwick was talking about in post game and he's got big reps on him so um yeah i'd definitely be looking at him as the priority number one um out of the forward rookies at least
0: yeah the the you know small forward role isn't ideal for super coach um super coaches but Man, he's so stuck in this side. He's not going to be um, playing VFL anytime soon. And the scores are also coming with it. So, you know, we'll see if that continues. But right now, Richmond's rolling and and they've been rolling with Rioli in the side. I think that will continue on for the foreseeable future. I think Jack Carroll in the midfield as well looks pretty locked into that Blues lineup right now. 123K, negative 82 break-even there, Foz. I think just playing as a wingman for that side, um, he's going to get a lot of easy ball because of balls like crips in the middle, um, and uh, I think you know there's a, there's a good pathway to to a decent scoring production here.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see what will happen when George Hewitt comes back, um, whether it's this week, next week, or the week after. Obviously, he's um, a pretty important part of that midfield rotation for the Blues. Um, Carroll being on a wing doesn't—you wouldn't think necessarily affected by it but we saw in the first few rounds that walsh and and Cheryl were pushed out onto a wing uh so it does you know cause some concern but i don't think he's going to lose his position but um in in the in the best 22 i think he's been playing good enough for you to hold on to that and there's other blokes who come out before him now uh but yeah it's definitely an interesting one to, to look at i'd say scoring potentially he's not going to be dropping sort of 80s and 90s consistently he might have a good week here or there but um, sort of around that 60-65 mark is probably where we'd expect to see him. Yep. I
0: think Luke Stranatica, the Ruckman, a, a negative native 72 break-even. He's probably a miss right now. Um, obviously, went out of that side under health and safety protocols and, and probably will be available for this game upcoming. But um, I don't think he's a guy that West Coast has been looking to for a long-term um, position in their side. Obviously, Nick Nat's going to miss um, for, you know, at least the next six-ish weeks. So, you know, there is a rock spot available, but I don't think it's quite stranatic for the taking. And then finally, Greg Clark's only played the one game, but his scoring potential is huge, Foz, um, and he's already got a like a negative 50 break even. He's going to be a must-have next week um, if you bring him in this week or next week.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's probably the most must-have rookie in, that's at least um, on the cards for, for now. Uh, there aren't too many rookies that are coming in you know, round eight, round nine, round 10 that are ready-made and and good to go. So um, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on. We saw a lot of people jump on him uh, either before his first game or try to jump on him after his first game, um, which wasn't ideal because obviously uh, health and safety protocols meant that he wasn't playing uh, the next week. Um, so there's a reason why you wait the two weeks to bring in rookies and and um, hopefully we can see him in the park, see another game under his belt. Hopefully he pumps out another hundred and we can all bring him in at a relatively cheap price still.
0: Yeah, he looks pretty likely to be coming back in. I think he's just cleared health and safety protocols so he can train with the Eagles towards the end of this week. Um now it feels like we're in a race to complete our sides quicker than usual. That's probably down to the trade boost, the extra trades um in Supercoach this year. But I've seen a few sides that are like maybe only have like one rookie on field now. Um, and, you know, when you're going along and, and racing at this kind of rate that we are, we're only, you know, just out of round eight, then I think you need to be looking at the underpriced um, targets in each line, Foz, um, to, to be bringing into your side so you can save a little bit of cash while you're still generating um, cash on your bench and and making those trades. I think if we start in the defense um, line, uh, for me, the ideal target right now is Jordan Dawson at 5.19 Thousand, who's uh, finally found his role for the Crows. He was a bit all over the place the first few weeks of the season, but now he's gone down back uh, where he's taking some kick-ins. He's, he's getting the meters gained up. He's using the ball beautifully. I think he's the best kick in the competition. Um, and for 519,000, I think he can push a top six to top eight defensive spot by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, he's certainly been pretty impressive, hasn't he? I mean, we all sort of pegged him to, to start now, teams, back in the preseason and then obviously missed round 1 so um, those plans sort of went out the window but he's definitely one that um that sort of void of significance within the crows lineup he slotted in really nicely and he's scoring really well so um and at his price point as well I, I have a general rule I don't want to bring in any defenders that uh, cost more than 550k so so being sub that is is really attractive for me and um you know he's scoring relatively consistently as well now,
0: now, your boy Mark Blitzsells. Tell me a little bit about him. I know you had a chat to Chris Scott today. A five hundred and twenty k for the for the numbers that he's putting out there. It's all about the role for him, but
1: it, it's so tempting. Yeah, it certainly is. He's uh, obviously a, um, a a defender. Um, hopefully, by round twelve, we'll have him eligible as a uh, ruckman as well. Uh, that just depends on his his uh,
0: next splits. couple of weeks, obviously.
1: Yep. Yeah, but um. Talking to to Chris today, um, he sees him as a we'll see Ree Stanley come back into the lineup on uh, on the weekend against St. Kilda. So that'll be um up against Ron Marshall and Paddy Ryder. So you'd think that maybe it's just gonna be a one week um or you know, to have double rucks against the two ruck lineup as well. Um, but Chris was saying that he sees um as a true ruck and he they finally found his identity as a footballer, which Obviously, after 10 years in the system, you'd hope they'd find it earlier. Um, Geelong fans are, are filthy. They love him as a back, but Supercoach fans love him as a ruck. So um, we saw, I'll, I'll read out some stats for you because it is it is quite interesting to see his impact in the ruck contest. Um, it, it is great to, hold on, let me just get it up. I should have probably thought about this before I brought up the fact that I had these stats. Um, this is a shout out to Azra at Jock Reynolds. He's a, he's a big stats man. Uh, oh, oh love his beauty. There. Yeah. So Blitzer's super coach average when rucking. Um, when he has 20 or more hitouts, he averages 108.4. When he has 11 to 20 hitouts, he averages 88.3. One to 10 hitouts, he averages 77.6, and then no hitouts, he averages 76. So you obviously yeah. see that. Um, when he has that rack roll, he has the potential to score really well. Um, yeah. this will be a, a really good in- and interesting uh, look into the exact splits against St Kilda and, and how much Chris Scott is, is prepared to ruck um, him with Stanley um, rather than Stanley with him. Um, a couple of weeks ago when we played, oh, when Geelong played, apologies um, Brisbane, um, Stanley would ruck, uh in the center bounce and then immediately run forward and, and play in the forward line. Um, blitz subs would move from full back into the playing that sort of midfield Ruck yep. rolling um across the wings into the back line and then Tom Stewart who would start on a wing would rotate back into the back six. So um it was a really interesting look to to the, that structure um and to see how they, they all sort of played together. Um and whether that goes on next round and and you know, subsequent rounds after that. Uh he certainly provides value at someone who's only five hundred and twenty K if he can, you know, if Chris is true to his word and plays him as a, a primary ruck in the caps lineup.
0: Not too sure Hawthorne will be too happy about that wee you just threw in about Geelong there, Foz. Um, but you've picked up the you've picked up the club pretty quickly since moving down there. Uh, that's if, what they pay me for. <laughs> if Chris Scott had a fully fit list, do you think that Reece Stanley or Asava Radaglia are in his best side?
1: Reece Stanley is not Asava. They can't, there's no way they could fit Blitzavs, Hawkins, Cameron. Stanley and Radaglia are all in the same lineup um, and Stanley would be ahead of him yep. both as a key forward and as a ruck so yeah definitely um, Stanley over Radaglia but no Radaglia
0: very interesting stuff there at the category it's, it's hard to pinpoint a Chris Scott side and, and to make informed choices in super coach because you know he throws magnets around and he, um, he makes late changes and whatnot. But, uh, man, Mark Glitzer scores as a Ruckman. And if the role is there, he's very tempting at 520K as a defender. Finally, I want to talk about Dane Zorko, who moved back into the midfield on the weekend. I know it was only against the Eagles, but when he do, does move back in there, he tackles as well as anyone in the competition. He gets around the ground, takes marks. He, he just has a fantastic fantasy game. He has a brilliant contested split as well. So I just think at 522K as a defender, you know, this was a must-have guy towards the back end of last season, and and he won, um, you know, won a lot of leagues. Um, what he was doing as a forward eligible player, now he's got a defensive status. I just think there's a really interesting, um, it's an interesting one to watch if he does have that role again, and he's if he's in there with Jared Lyons and Lockie Neal and Hugh McCluggage because I think that's their be- best mix. I don't think he's a great defender um, as is, but uh, if he has that role. I think he's absolutely a must have and he's going to be a top six defender to
1: end the season. Yeah, and we saw, um, obviously the reason he's come back into that midfield rotation is the introduction of Kitty Coleman after his hamstring injury. Obviously missed quite a while. um, I think it was about the first six or so weeks with that hamstring. Um, He's only been back the last two um, and we've seen scores of 123 and 120 uh, in in Zorko's past two. So Hmm. he's definitely moved back into that midfield role, um, which is... Very good for his super coach scoring. As you said, he's not much of a uh, not much of a defender. Um he's usually there or he at least was there as that sort of in, um, rebounding role, use his foot foot, but rather than uh sort of like a Jack Zebel of last year. He wasn't a defender, he just had a good boot on him and that's what they used him for. So um yeah, certainly moving into the midfield allows him to bring that sort of extra intensity um around the contest. Um I'd only bring him in to my team, if I was really desperate for a D six um, that had a fuel eligibility, um, I think he's still a bit of a risk even at five twenty two. If it was you know closer to four seventy four eighty, I'd be looking at him pretty heavily. Yeah, there is
0: a bit of risk about his injuries, about the role um, on the weekend. He had the fourth most CBAs behind Neil Lyons and Zach Bailey, of course. Um, more than new cluggage. And then Jared Berry and Cam Rainer only had the one apiece. So they've kind of been shoved out a little bit with Dane Zorka coming back into that mix. But it is a deep um, Lions midfield there. Now let's move on to the, midfield, uh, the midfielders. And I think we need to start with the guy who could finish the season as M1 or M2 um, in a lot of teams. It's, it's Patrick Cripps at 580K. He's still underpriced because of that game against the Suns where he got subbed off at quarter time and obviously he started at a low price based off last season's output. Um, he's just an absolute must-have for Mind Foz. I know there are injury concerns, but um, he's the best player in the league right now. And, you know, you've got to have him in Supercoach because he's a captain option every week as well.
1: Yeah, I still don't have him. And it's, it's hurt, hurting me watching him score well each week. Like, if you take out that 38, he's averaging over 130 points per game, which is just insane to think yep. that he was barely able to crack 80 last year um i'm i I never pray for an injury on a player i think that's really oh don't go there i'm not saying (laughs) i'm not saying it i know that there are people who play supercoach or or gamblers or whatever that do hope that someone gets hurt i'm not one to do that but um that's the reason i didn't pick him initially and that's why i'm really still even at 580 k and averaging 130 odd i'm still really hesitant to bring him in just because we know that his body's let him down in the past and um that sort of round what what was it, round four when he got hurt? That sort of validated my point a little bit. Um obviously only missed the one week, but um yeah, he just seems to be flying at the moment and yeah, you know, it looks like a you know, crippled brownlows in the future for for Carlton.
0: Yeah, it does look so um written in the stars right now. Now my boy Andy Brayshaw is only five hundred and seventy K. I think To be a top eight midfielder this year, probably going to have to average around about 119, 120. He's currently at a 119 average involving, including a couple tagged games where he kind of fought through it and and whatnot. Um, Had 134 on the weekend against the Roos and it just feels like he has the perfect Supercoach game right now. He's got license to roam. He he works as hard as anyone in the comp. He reminds me a lot of what Sam Walsh was doing for the Blues last season in terms of his work rate and um, just running past other midfielders he's just you know he looks fantastic out there and i think uh Brayshaw is going to be a top 8 mid come come the end of the season so in that respect i think 570 k out actually a bit of a steal for for the for the docker who you know he might be top 3 in the brownlow right now as well foz
1: yeah Brayshaw for me is definitely the one to um to be bringing in uh, probably the the biggest must have out of those sort of sub 20% ownership players um yeah you know, 570's not super expensive any sort of premium midfielder that's going to finish the season averaging 120 if you can get him for under 600k it's always a bargain so um yeah he's definitely the one for me um i'm i want him over Cripper personally just because he's you know he's scoring really well still uh, he's a little bit cheaper he's got you know runs on the board in terms of um no injury history he, he's not really i'm not as worried about him missing games as i am with Cripper. um but both are really good picks
0: you know, Cripps also has that round 12 buy that you need to be wary of um, too for the Blues. Finally, I, I want to have a little chat about Cam Guthrie, and this might be brief because you might not like him, but a 506K, he's gone down in price about 150K based off last season. And on the weekend, Geelong took 60 more marks than their average has been this season. I'm not sure if that's uh jelly OS tactics or if that's a kind of a change in mindset from Chris Scott's men, but if Cam Guthrie is taking more marks, he's getting around the ground, getting more possessions um, in that kind of way. Then I think he's you know, incredible value at, at just over 500k, and um, he's a guy that's obviously had a really disappointing start to the season, super coach wise. But I really, I, I definitely think that he's an option at, um, at that price point.
1: Yeah, he's. Um, it's interesting to watch him play because obviously he had such a really a really good year last year, and um, he was one of those picks that was. At the start of the season, you would have been called insane if you had him, but by the end, it, almost everyone wanted him and um, this year he just hasn't been able to fire yet. And I do think it is part of that um, Geelong's trying to play a bit of a faster um, flow of the game where they're taking it on a little bit more. Last week with the so kick mark approach was a little bit back to the old school Geelong that we've seen in the past, but um, Chris Scott and, and their leadership group is impressed that uh, it's going to be a, a slightly more... Aggressive style of play, trying to get into their ball, their forwards a bit quicker, um, give Hawkins and Cameron a real chance to to play one on one on their usually undersized defender. So um, I don't think it's going to be a kick mark, kick mark the whole year. I think it's going to be you know, a little bit more free flowing, trying to really ramp up um, their attack on the the forward half of the grant um, and sort of bring a little bit more pace and pizzazz almost to um, to the contest.
0: Might have a little bit more of a chat about the cats as well on the forward line, but let's get on to the rucks. Um, and Sean Darcy came back with an absolute bang on the weekend with a 178 at 595k. You know, we've got Brody Grundy down. Most teams will be running with Max Gorn and Braden Proust. Um, but I think Sean Darcy, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches were interested in him at the start of the season at about 50k less than he is right now. So I think you just have
1: to you have to be looking at him right now. He becomes a must-have at round 12 if Max Gorn gets forward eligibility, I think.
0: Well, that's a – yeah, it's big call. Gorn played a lot forward last
1: game, um, and we so need so, him to play a fair bit. Yeah, so Gorn's played 27% of the season in the forward 50, so he's actually not that far off. Um, what do you need, 35? 35%. So we can always talk about – Um, I know it's not on the run sheet here, but we can always talk about the um, – so the eight players that are on that sort of mark um some of them are really big names like Bontempelli at the moment will be a forward eligible player next year and obviously Gorn's right around that mark so if Gorn does get that forward eligibility um which there's no indication that he's going to be playing as a key forward but um you know if he can just sneak there it would be great to be able to flick him to f1 and then bring in Sean Darcy at you know 595k would be not that he'll be around that price in four weeks' time, but wouldn't that be nice? I think we'd be also be remiss not to talk about the start
0: to the season that Jared Witts has had over the first eight games. Uh, Foz, I don't know if you saw this coming, but at his price point, he was the pickup of the season, the start of the season, because he's gone up 215K to 295, the same as Sean Darcy. He's currently averaging 137 over his last three, at 100, another 132 on the weekend he looks absolutely insane and he's owned by 26% of the competition
1: now. Yeah. He's, he's been amazing. I, um, I had him at, at times, um, in my team and, um, didn't think that his body would hold up. I, I saw him in the, I actually saw him in the preseason, um, at a Gold Coast training session, um, in about November, December, and he looked fantastic and just had a kid and was very happy with the way his body was moving and he, how he was feeling. So, um, should have stuck with him, um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, in hindsight. It's um, one of the big misses of the season, but he's been fantastic. And if you've got him, you're probably you know, looking at, especially if you started with him, there's a lot of people in the top 100, top 1,000 that have him, and um, he's, he's a really good pick because of the not only the money he's brought in and the points he's brought in, but the fact that he was only owned by about 10% at the start of the season. Now let's get on to the
0: forwards. Um, and you have you've raised an interesting point about Bont and Max Gorn potentially at round 12 gaining forward eligibility. I think Bontempelli is a red hot chance because of his injuries um this season. I think he's just resting a lot more forward. He's going to come back into the side this week, and it will probably you know tip over that 35% on the weekend as well. The one I want to talk about, and it does come back to the cats a little bit, kick mark style, is Mitch Duncan. What can you tell? me about his game on the weekend because he, he played over a halfback and if he's going to be in a halfback role for the cats, um, he just loves a ball in his hands. He's going to have 30 touches a week if that's so. Yeah.
1: It's a, um, I don't think it's a, um, a planned confirmed move permanently. I think he's still going to be on the wing mostly, um, but we have seen in the last few weeks, um, Tom Stewart, He starts on a wing and then he he floats back and he's that seventh man. Mm. Um, So so he's been sort of in that role and and then Duncan's moving from a half forward and pushing up onto that wing and that gives him that position. Whereas now Tom Stewart, at least last weekend, was starting in the back six and and Duncan was the one who was rotating into that back half. So um, it certainly worked out in his favor and he's obviously a really good kicker of the ball, um, uses it really nicely and he's a really smart player as well. So if he can... Play that rebounding role alongside, you know, on one flank and and uh, Tom Stewart on the other. Cats have got a really dangerous um, sort of rebounding, intercepting, you know, back six there. Um, especially if you throw in, well, Jack Henry will probably return in the next few weeks. That might impact things. Um, Blitzars that we've we've already spoken about him. Obviously, he's playing in the you know backline, but moving into the ruck. And if he goes back into the backline, then that's one less position. Um, you know, there's it's a constantly moving. So back six, back eight sort of mix that that Chris Scott's got to work with. So I don't think Duncan's going to lock down a position there anytime soon. Um, If he did, it'd be a fantastic selection because I know that they just want to get the ball in his hands at every opportunity. And I think coming out of that back line provides a much more clear and precise look down the field rather than just on a wing to a half forward. Um, I reckon he could do some real damage there if they put him there, but um, not at this stage, I don't think. It's going to be a watch on the cat's um, ball movement, maybe Mitch Duncan's position
0: for the next couple of weeks. I don't think you can bring him in at the price point of 442K right now, although it is very cheap for for what you get in Mitch Duncan um, over the last few seasons. Anyone else you wanted to talk about um, in terms of underpriced premiums in each line there, Foz, or should we get onto the trades we're going to be making this week?
1: Not, not quick, not in terms of, I guess the underpriced players, but I'll I'll quickly run through the other play, a couple of other blokes who look like they'll get your position, um, in the next few weeks, um, Ron Marshall's at 27% forward um, time. And, and obviously with Patty Ryder back in that lineup, um, we saw Ron Marshall move forward uh, a lot more. He, he only attended four center, bounce, center bounces on the weekend and wow. Patty Ryder took the rest. <laughs> so that's a one that could really tip scales as well. And um, if he was to move into the forward line, he'd be ranked 20th, which is doesn't sound like it's, um, Much of a big deal, but we know that he's been um, injured a couple of times and you know, cop cop knocks and missed you know, chunks of games, so he's definitely one to watch out for. And he's relatively cheap at the moment. Um, Jaden Short looks like he's going to get potential midfield minutes, um, or midfield eligibility after his recent inclusion into that midfield. Um, Robbie McComb, obviously not a um, massively relevant sub coach option, but he'll get he's at 52% um, eligibility. Um, 52%, sorry, time on ground in the uh, forward line. So he'll get um, forward eligibility. Darcy Cameron, obviously a big one that's been talked about a lot, um, has taken over that. Uh, Ruck roll of Brody Grundy now that he's out of the side for the next sort of eight to 10 weeks. Um, he's rucking at 39% um, and has scored tons in the last two weeks. So he's massively underpriced at the moment. Um, and if you want a bit of a risky pick, then then he's certainly one. He's not getting a whole lot of hit outs, but he's getting a, He's averaging like 18 touches over the last couple of weeks, bunch of clearances, a bunch of tackles. So definitely one to watch at the cheaper end. He's sub 400K at the moment and would be a really nice pickup. Bailey Smith as well is at um thirty seven percent forward eligible or forward time on ground so, um he's another one that would be really nice as an eligible, um forward but that then also leaves um a really interesting uh, mix of potentially Bont Dunkley English Liberatore and Smith wow all uh, all those forward line premiums so that's the Bevo salad for you right there um, with the doggies. which would make it a really interesting uh, run home if you could snaffle you know one or two of those blokes um in the forward line or you know in the ruck for for um Darcy Cameron um there's definitely value there if you look for it and at least there's a lot of points to be points to be had um you know after round 12 that are in the forward line because you know Stephen Canelio at the moment he's playing as a pure forward and he's not really getting much run in the midfield so yeah. his scores going to be a little bit less consistent Obviously, a lot of people are upset with Zach Butters at the moment. So come round 12, I reckon you'll see a fair bit of uh, player movement in the forward line as people try and bring in those, especially those doggies.
0: Yep, there will be a good excuse to um, move off those round 12 forwards like Zach Butters and Stephen Canelio because they've been frustrating to look at the last few weeks for coaches. Uh, let's get on to the trades that we're going to be making um, this week, Foz. Firstly, I'm going to be saying goodbye to Josh Ward and Justin McInerney, who was possibly my worst pick of the season. Um, after round three, I think it was, I brought him in and it's just been really disappointing from there on in, I'm going to bring in, um, I think I'm going to bring in Clark a week early, Greg Clark, um, just to play on field. I already have Jack Carroll, so that's handy. And then, um, I think Jordan Dawson's going to be my upgrade. I really like his, uh, prospects coming out of the back line for the crows. I think they're looking for him a lot more than they were to start the season. So hopefully his big scores continue on from this week. What about yourself?
1: I'm just looking at the one trade at the moment. I'm really tempted to, after losing rank, to um, push forward a little bit and be a bit more aggressive. But I've been churning through some trades recently, and I, I wanted to try and um, refrain my you know, restrain myself a little bit and refrain from uh, trading too much. So I think it's going to be a, a Brady Hoff, um, who's hasn't really played since round three, um, and get him out for Jack Carroll. Um, and at this stage, I'll be holding Nathan Odriscoll and Jason Horn Francis one more week. Um and then probably flicking them both off and trying to upgrade to a um, an Andy Brayshaw when he's price, hopefully bottoms out at about 565, 560K. So they're, they're, that's probably the only move I'm going to make, but I am really tempted to bring him in a week early and, and flick those other two blokes off at the same time. Captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain.
0: Let's get into, oh, captain, my captain, the VC and C options. For this weekend of upcoming footy, now we've got a huge Sunday where there's going to be some bloodbaths, including demons travelling over west to face West Coast. Um, but firstly, some VC options starting on Friday night. The doggies are playing, and you and you listed off a few of them. They're going to be getting forward status by round twelve. But I think Jack McRae against the Pies is hard to look past if you have him currently um he's yeah, he's had a, a couple bad games over the last month but um, we know it is best and and the pies don't tag that I think you know he's gonna he's gonna have a really good game on Friday night
1: yeah certainly coming off that 144 as well last week it, it looks like he's back in that midfield permanent midfield rotation rather than you know playing off a half forward flank or a wing or in the ruck or Whatever Bevo likes to do. So um, his last three scores have been 118, 103, and 110 against the Pies. So nothing otherworldly, but on Mm -hmm. a Friday night, I certainly want to to risk the VC on. Yep,
0: I like that one. And then I guess the best options, which could be VCs or Cs, depending on your, you know, when your loophole plays. If they play on a Sunday, then a Saturday night, you've got Lockie Neal against the Crows and Callum Mills against the Dons was.
1: Yeah, I really like Lockie Neal. Um, against the Crows, obviously he's been uh, a bit of a monster this year. Only one twenty-three last week against the Eagles, and we all thought he was going to score about four hundred points before <laughs> captaincy. Um, but his last two, he didn't play in twenty twenty-one. Um, obviously missed that game against the Crows with injury. Um, but scored one hundred and forty-seven and one hundred and forty-eight in his last two uh, against Adelaide. So definitely one to one to watch there. And he's being a more popular selection. He's probably going to be a very popular um vice captaincy option.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty scaring ceiling that he's been demonstrating this year. One ninety eight against the Dons in round two, one eighty seven against the Swans in round seven. So I think we can pencil in a pretty big score against the Crows, where you know we saw Patty Cripps have one fifty odd last week against them. Cal Mills against the Dons I think is a really good option as well. He's currently the most expensive midfielder in the game um, right now, uh, Cal. So that's you know if you have him, it's a it's a pretty nice nice uh, midfielder M one right now. Um, and if you don't, he's a bit expensive to be bringing in. Now for C's on Sunday, I think Paddy Cripps against the Giants. It's, it's a watch on what Lockie Ash or Matt DeBoer does if DeBoer does come back into this lineup, Foz, because this could be the first time that Paddy Cripps gets, you know, properly tagged. I know Jackson Haley tried to last week, but that was a pretty futile attempt.
1: Yeah, Cripp has been going. Um, so ham over fist this year, hand over fist, holy. Um, <laughs> Jesus, what was that expression? Um yeah, no, he's been going you know, really strongly. We've already spoken about him and the fact that he's a permanent vice-captaincy so or captaincy option this season. Um, Matty Boer obviously has had his number in the past. Um, he hasn't been in this good a touch when they've come up against each other though, so that's one thing to note. Um, I think teams would be silly not to, to send someone to him, but um, looking at Carlton's midfield, obviously you send someone to Cripps, then you've got Walsh, Chera, Hewitt when he's fit, Matt Kennedy all... You know, playing a different role in a different part and so um, their midfield is looking really hard to stop at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's it's an absolute juggernaut right now. it's a it's a genuine grand final kind of midfield that they're showing off um, at the moment, the baggers. Finally, I want to end it on Clayton Oliver or maybe Christian Petrarca against the Eagles over West. Um, I think you know these two guys could just have an absolute field day uh and we know what uh the eagles have been giving up in the past uh we saw human cluggish had a huge one the week before it was Jaden short got off the leash in the midfield i think clayton oliver could have himself 40 in a couple goals here um at octa stadium i think he could really enjoy playing against that undersized midfield
1: yeah certainly they're probably two of the safer picks in that game obviously before last weekend everyone was talking about max scorn coming up against whether it's Callum Jamison or, or Stranetica or whoever they decide to throw in the ruck that week. Um, uh, but after that knee injury, there's a, a bit of concern and question marks over his captaincy legitimacy, but you know, if he is, is fit and fitting, right. There, you know, he obviously said that he's when he went for the scans, he didn't want to get a scan. The club made him as a precautionary move. Um, I think it, it sort of has put people off him a little bit as the captain, but, um, I'd still be looking at him very closely as someone who could, even on one leg, tear the West Coast Eagles' rack lineup apart. Even on one leg, he could probably put up 200
0: against a guy like um, Hugh Dixon if he comes back, Callum Jamison or Luke Stranatica. I think that's all we have time for today, Foz. Thank you for joining us this week on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. We are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. You can follow us on Twitter at Super Coach Sanctum SC Sanctum that is, and Instagram SC Sanctum as well, where Kako has got you covered for all the best graphics in the SuperCoach world. Foz, we'll see you next week. Hopefully your team can crack back into that top thousand. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate.